washing your hands and stay updated with the latest COVID-19 development. And news at all times on the 702 app. Papa G, Gerald Mwandiambira, financial expert, entrepreneur and author joins me now. Papa G, how's it, my brother? Hey, Baobi, how are you doing? Good evening. Man, I, I've got to tell you that I'm, I'm, I'm impressed. I'm, I'm, I'm buoyed by the, by the fact that the president is available, is present, is, is, has got the right tone, uh, is saying all of the right things in the right way. I am definitely worried, though, about the practical implementation of some mm. of the great ideas that are out there. Uh, your thoughts, Gerald? Well, Aubrey, I think the president has done the right thing. Um, What we are doing is not rocket science. Um, We've seen how COVID has affected the countries which were affected before us and how their curves went because they didn't take timely intervention. So what we are doing is we have um, the advantage of hindsight in that we saw what went wrong there. So we can preempt our actions to prevent our situation getting as bad as there. Yeah. So I think on that, we are, we are, we're perfectly fine. Um, we, are, we are basically going to be able to probably shut this thing down by the end of our extension. However, the one thing we're doing is we're also mimicking the behavior of economies which have budget surpluses. <laughs> yeah. So you must realize that the UK, Germany, France have significant treasuries which can basically pay out every citizen and every company for lost income if they have to yeah because that's how abundant their resources are yeah we can't we've been running on a budget deficit since 2007 Mm. our government technically is broke all they can do is give us um incentives in terms of saying um we'll reduce your pay your tax uh, liability or we can pay you from the uninsurance uh, UIF fund. So, so from our government perspective, they are very limited in terms of practical application of how they can assist yeah. because they're cash trapped. Yeah. So they're relying a lot on the private sector to intervene and put in where they can. Hence, why you've got you know rich rich individuals and in SA contributing and yeah. corporates also contributing. So that's where we're getting it wrong. We're doing all the right things. However, I don't think our resources are as deep as they ought to be to support um, the consequences because the unintended consequences of the extension is that a lot of small businesses will go out of um, business as well as a lot of um, company, a lot of individuals will not earn income. But you seem to be suggesting that all of the measures, at least economically, that we put in place are flying against the idea, as the president put it this evening, against the crafting of a uniquely South African response to the challenges of uh, COVID-19. You're suggesting that perhaps there are other things that we could do other than just you know, providing a 40 billion rand fund for the UIF to look after employees uh, who are going to be uh, under stress as a result of uh, not getting an income. Uh, you're suggesting that uh, the the um, 350 million rands that has been released thus far uh, cannot be sustained. What should we be doing then in this particular case, Gerald? Look, I think what we need is all industries to effectively sit together and craft a solution which will allow um, everyone to survive till the end of lockdown. Because 
Oh, you already heard the president talking about force majeure, yes. um, which basically means that on all contracts, normally there is a clause there which says if there's a natural disaster yep. or something which prevents me from doing my contract, I don't have to pay you. Yes. Now, if big companies start instituting this against each other, it's going to have a domino effect and everybody will be affected and it will become a lawyer's party. The lawyers are salivating right now yep. because they, 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 they will win either way. Yep. So what we need is actually a neutral um, uh, neutral solution where everybody effectively says, you know what, we are going to pause the country for 35 days and we continue as we were before that 35 days. The moment people start instituting lawsuits against each other, the moment people start getting IT seed, the moment people start getting demands for payment, it's going to become an absolute bloodbath because it's going to be dog-eat-dog, survival of the fittest, and we'll actually end up in a far worse situation than we were. Um, despite the good intention in that, we are probably saving many lives and probably you know, reducing the, the, the length of this um, lockdown significantly by extending it just by 14 days because not only the lives lost, but if we, started, if we, if we go back to work too soon, we could end up you know, um, losing all the in, impact of the lockdown. And we've had it good. Um, 35 days is nothing compared to 60 days um, in other countries. I think the UK is off work for eight weeks. You know, that's, that, that's not child's play. So, you know, 35 days in the scheme of things yeah. is actually we're getting it off light. We're getting off lightly, but we need big corporates to play fair. Already you're having big companies saying they don't want to pay rent. If that continues, then it's just going to be a problem because everybody will say, I won't pay, I won't pay, I won't pay. Yeah. And unfortunately, the person who should pay um, last resort is the government. Yeah. But they don't have money. And in other countries, it works. If everyone else doesn't pay, the government bails them out. Our government can't bail anyone out right now. Gerald, our economic financial talk is fine and well. There is the reality of COVID-19 itself. The virus, its ability to spread in unprecedented ways, our lack of knowledge about it that makes us perhaps second-guess some of our ideas around it. To what extent do you think that needs to be kept in mind? Because, yes, we are speaking about some of the practicalities in our economy, uh, what we, we believe can and might happen. But we are faced here. We are in this position precisely because there's a virus called COVID-19. If we don't do certain things, it will kill us. Look, I think, yes. So, hence, that's why no one is disagreeing with the need for the extension. Um, But all we're talking about is the consequences after. So, I think a lot of us have all accepted the fact that the extension is needed. No one is disputing that. However, everyone is concerned about what's going to happen in 21 days when the sleepy country awakes. Remember, we were already in the throes of a technical depression, um, technical recession before COVID hit us. So that's where most of us are. I think no one is really fighting the government and saying this shouldn't have happened. But we are all more concerned about how do we pick up the pieces at the end of this 14-day extension. Let me tell you that my concern is that uh, we might not have a sleepy country um, in the next uh, three weeks. That's my concern. My concern is that we might not have a sleepy country as the poor begin to 
lose confidence in some yeah. of the promises that yes. have been made as the, poli- as the police and the uh, army uh, continues to act in uh, reckless um, yeah. uh, ways, uh, in ways that are uh, a little bit, um, what's the right word, overhanded? What's the right word that they use? Uh, heavy-handed. Heavy-handed. Well, 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 I yeah. think, Aubrey, that's, that, that's an excellent point in that, you know, the president's talking about a uniquely South African solution. Yep. He's also forgetting about the unique South African people who don't, um, who are not known for patience. Yeah. Um, South Africans are not known for sitting around and waiting. Yeah. Um, I think the uniquely South African behavior of rioting, of burning, of looting, you know, is, well, we, we, we've already started we seeing. Read. We've already started seeing what some of us have said is incomprehensible behavior: the the burning down of twenty two schools already in Gauteng. But when we think a little bit harder about it, it's actually not that incomprehensible, given the situation we find ourselves in. And that is why I'm saying. I'm cautiously mm. disputing the idea that the next few days are going to be sleepy. I think yes, that uh, I, I think yeah. I think we probably need more law enforcement. We'll need need more resources because yes, the unique South African behaviour of um, service delivery protests at the slightest whim um, or at the slightest sign of an excuse. Um, we've given people plenty of excuses. Um, 35 days with no income. We've given people so many excuses. 35 days of no alcohol. 35 days of no cigarettes. People will find a service delivery angle around the need for alcohol or cigarettes or the things which they consider to be important to them. And I think that's the uniquely South African problem which we probably yet need to mitigate against because I do believe you, Aubrey, and I do um, actually agree with you that you know, uh, I do not. We will not have a peaceful 35 days. There's a high likelihood that as we end, as we go further and deeper into this lockdown, we can start seeing our unique South African behaviour um, rearing its ugly head, and that's not usually a pretty um, side of South Africa. Let me let you go, my brother. Thank you very much for your thoughts on this matter. Much appreciated, Gerald Mwandiambira, financial expert, entrepreneur, and author.